from St. Louis Public Radio. This is St. Louis on the Air. The utility of the service is pretty badly diminished if you can't do day trips. Kansas City people can get as far as Sedalia or maybe Jeff City, but they have to turn back too if they want to try to do it in one day. We have, uh, Illinois has plans for two more routes uh, coming out of Chicago, one to the Quad Cities and one to Rockford. I don't think it gives much hope to the folks in Hannibal or St. Joe or, or Springfield that they'll ever get anything. But we can get the trains up to 110 miles per hour, uh, which is still a year, year and a half away, but it's the same speed we're doing right now in Michigan for uh, upwards of 100 miles. I'm Sarah Fenske. If you use Amtrak to get from St. Louis to Kansas City, a change that went into effect yesterday could prove a big complication. Amtrak cut service between the two cities by half. Instead of two round trips a day, we'll now see just one, with one eastbound departure in Kansas City every morning and a westbound departure in St. Louis in the afternoon. And joining us now to explain more about this change is Amtrak's Chicago-based spokesman. That's Mark Maglieri. Mark, welcome. Yeah, thanks, Sarah. Um, look, a 50% reduction in service in these routes to Kansas City, this seems really big. What, what triggered this? Well, the state of Missouri, in routes this short, just like the state of Illinois does and, and more than a dozen other states around the country, appropriates money that basically makes up the difference between what the fare box brings in what we contribute from Amtrak, which is about 15% of the cost, and the difference is paid for by the state of Missouri at MoDOT. And for many years, MoDOT was working with an appropriation from Jefferson City that really wasn't enough, and they'd accumulated a certain amount of debt. The legislature in Jefferson City this past year decided, we're going to catch up with our bills, we're not going to incur any debt, but they didn't appropriate enough to run both round trips. So under the direction of MoDOT, and that's our client in this case, mm -hmm. we reduced the level of service between St. Louis and Kansas City to a single round trip that leaves KC in the morning, as you said, and leaves St. Louis in the afternoon, which effectively prevents people from doing day trips from St. Louis to mid-Missouri and on to Kansas City. Since the train leaves in the afternoon, by the time you get to mid-Missouri, especially this time of year, it's mm -hmm. dark. And it's a huge loss of utility for the service, and there are people at the De Pere Kirkwood Chamber of Commerce, there's people at Citizens for Modern Transit, and we're certainly helping from our end to work with the legislature to come up with the funding to restore the second round trip. But, you know, it's going to be awfully hard to uh, recover from things like this, especially since we're supposed to be trying to get out of COVID as well as we can. I imagine that, you know, now fewer people will be using the service. That's going to cut the revenue coming in from the fare boxes. This put us deeper in this hole that, that you say already existed. Well, the, the hole, thankfully, has been filled. And we are right now at about pretty close to a zero balance. We're, and the legislature was clear to MoDOT, and we heard and they understand, and we all understand, that, that going into long-term deficit funding was no way to run this. But mm -hmm. sure, if, if you have to re-educate the public in St. Louis that says, hey, I wanted to ride in the morning, but there's not a train there anymore, is there? 
it makes it harder to recover. This is about the service level we had during worst of the last big COVID wave a summer ago. But sure, it's going to make it harder to uh, restore just the patterns that people were used to using on the service. Of course, the cost is down too because we're only running one. It's not like you know we're mm. billing them for two round trips. We're only billing them, of course, for the one. But yeah, it's you know there are people right now in who want to turn part of that route into sort of the Napa of the Midwest. I mean, I'm looking at an article here from a couple who says they want to invest a hundred million dollars out in uh, the Augusta area built on people coming out there for the day, perhaps, and coming back. And that can't happen with one round trip. So how much annual funding would it take to get back up to these two round trips a day? Well, it really depends on when they want to restart it. I mean, the state's on a fiscal year that starts again in July. And we'll be developing with MoDOT the cost of, you know, doing two round trips in the new fiscal year, because by then, a little later this spring, We'll have hopefully a better feel for where we are with COVID Mm -hmm. and where we are with travel demand. But right now, the discussion was uh, just a couple million dollars to restore the the second round trip. And that would take us to the end of June. But, you know, the longer it takes to restore that, I guess the less it'll be because we're only restoring it for three months, four months, five months instead of six. But the, the important thing is if people care about this, there are people who are working at CMT and the Kirkwood de Pere Chamber of Commerce, and I believe the State Chamber of Commerce is engaged on this too, because there is no real public transportation on the US 50 corridor. Hmm. There is not a lot of way to get to Herman and Washington besides driving or Sedalia for the state fair. And the, the folks who, who go to school in Warrensburg, the universities and colleges around the route, depend on this for students, faculty, and staff to travel too. That's the experience we've had when we had two round trips, and it's certainly the experience we have in Illinois every day. So it it seems ironic. I mean, we're hearing that the state of Missouri is absolutely flush with cash right now, that it has more money than it's ever had. Do Do you feel some optimism that you'll be able to get through to people and get this restored before we get to this new fiscal year? Well, Amtrak is not in the lobbying business. We're in the educational business. But there are some strong advocates out there. Um, Again, the the Chamber of Commerce out in Kirkwood, the State Chamber of Commerce, and Citizens for Modern Transit are speaking out. And we're we're hearing from mayors and and just general public who say, I can't get to where I want to get right now. Mm -hmm. We'd like to restore the service. So, sure, there, there are advocates for it. And we'd love to see it happen because, again, the utility of the service is pretty badly diminished if you can't do day trips from St. Louis. Kansas City people can get as far as uh, Sedalia or maybe Jeff City, but they have to turn back too if they want to try to do it in one day. So yeah, it's, uh, it's a, a sad loss and something that we're working with all the advocates and public interest people to uh, to restore. So we have heard from a number of people who are sad about this news. On our St. Louis on the Air Facebook page, Mary writes, I'm really disappointed the River Runner is being cut back again, ending so many tourist day trips and money for the river towns. Kirkwood will miss the tourists too. We also heard from Tracy on Twitter. Tracy writes, Chicago Indianapolis Amtrak service was cut when Indiana refused to fund it. Such a lack of vision. My understanding is that route went away in 2019, and that was also because a state subsidy ended. (laughs) 
Uh, Mark, is this a bigger issue for Amtrak that state governments are just not funding their required piece to keep up a reasonable level of service? Well, it's really quite the opposite. I mean, there is a very active movement in Colorado right now to run service as far north as uh, Cheyenne, Wyoming, and as far south as Trinidad. There's, we've added service in Virginia. We can't add trains fast enough if they're state partners in California. Hmm. We have uh, Illinois has plans for two more routes uh, coming out of Chicago, one to the Quad Cities and one to Rockford. So, no, it's actually, Sarah, quite the opposite. There's a lot of demand out there. So Missouri's, right a, now, Missouri's a bit out of step with where the rest of the nation seems to be going on this. Well, that would be your characterization. <laughs> Fair to say. All right. I did kind of characterize it that. Um, But yeah, so you're seeing great clamoring for this. Um, And it sounds like you're also seeing a number of citizens stepping up. You're hoping to reverse this. I understand in the meantime, it is not even all bad news in this region. There's some news on the route between St. Louis and Chicago. What's happening there? Well, we've speeds up to 90 miles per hour on those uh, trains now, which takes the scheduled travel time between where I'm sitting here and are you at the downtown studios? We are in uh, Grand Center, which is pretty close. Yeah, well, there, that's where that, that interesting steak place is, down the street, right? Um, right now, the travel time is scheduled for five hours and six minutes at the fastest, which is faster than you can legally drive between Chicago and St. Louis, especially during some of the weather events between both places and traffic here and traffic there. We're going to work to get that closer to 4.45 or maybe even 4.30 hmm. where we can get the trains up to 110 miles per hour, uh, which is still a year, year and a half away. But it's the same speed we're doing right now in Michigan for um, upwards of 100 miles. So there's lots of possibility and growth out there, and there's certainly happening on the Illinois side. There are people in Missouri who've talked to us and MoDOT about who don't have service at all that would like it. We hear from folks in, in the Quincy Hannibal area. We hear from folks in St. Joe. We hear from folks in Springfield Mo. But if you can't fully fund the service that goes between your two biggest cities, I don't think it gives much hope to the folks in Hannibal or St. Joe or, or Springfield that they'll ever get anything. Hmm. I mean, you make a good point there. So this 110 miles an hour, this is something that's in the works. Um, What would it take for us to get to that? Is that something where we have the green light, we just need to run through some some additional things? Or is this still something that that could change? Well, we're doing 110 now in parts of Indiana and and into mid-Michigan. So the equipment is very capable of it. It's a question of having make sure that every safety checkbox is checked And the safety systems that are in place that let us go 90 in Illinois are certified for 110. So it's within reach and there's a process for it. It's just going to take that time to get through that process. But Mm -hmm. there's every reason to believe that that will happen. And and besides, Sarah, we're going to be having new rail cars on both the River Runner and the Lincoln Service, state-sponsored trains between you and me in Chicago. Those will be debuting later on this year. So we're going, we've already re-equipped the trains with newer, better, faster, cleaner locomotives. We'll have uh, newer and more ADA compliant and with built-in bike rack trains running increasingly through this year, whether it's one round trip or two in Missouri and the four round trips between uh, St. Louis and Chicago this year. So there's lots of good things happening now and are starting to happen, but it's just a step backwards in Missouri from one round trip to two that so many of us uh, find so disappointing. Hmm. 
So there is some good news out there. Obviously, this this news as relates to people trying to get to Kansas City, though, this is something on a lot of people's hearts and minds right now. I know you mentioned Citizens for Modern Transit. That's one of the organizations working on this. Sounds like really it also comes down to the Missouri legislature. If people have thoughts about it, doesn't make sense to, to pester Amtrak with that. That's something where they want to go to their lawmakers. Well, I, uh, my title includes public relations, so I'm, I'm never pestered. But uh, the fact is that, that we'll have we're happily talking to everyone who wants to talk to us about it to supply them information. I mean, in 2019, pre-pandemic, those trains between St. Louis and Kansas City carried upwards of 155,000 passengers, and we're not going to be able to do that with one round trip. Well, Mark Maglieri, I want to thank you so much for joining us. I'm happy to do it, Sarah. This episode was produced by Evie Hemphill with audio engineering by Aaron Doerr and production assistance from Jane Mather Glass. This podcast was mixed and edited by Aaron. Our executive producer is Alex Hoyer. St. Louis on the Air is a production of St. Louis Public Radio. Understanding starts here. Do you find yourself regularly listening to episodes of St. Louis on the Air? Suggest us to a friend you think might enjoy our conversations. And leave us a review and rating on Apple Podcasts on the App Store. It's the simplest way to help people discover our show. Thanks. St. Louis Public Radio is a member-supported service of the University of Missouri-St. Louis. Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association. Missouri produces wood pallets, railroad ties, white oak barrels, hardwood floors, and more. Details on the variety of products made in the state are at ChooseWood.com.